2: Hello, everyone, welcome to another episode of The State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapessi. And alongside me is nobody right now. Where is Paul? He'll be here. Don't worry. Uh, this is a live episode of the show in a weird time because it's in the middle of the night. Well, you know, it's early evening, I guess you could say. Uh, but I'm not alone. I've got a couple friends here who are going to help us discuss the the news, the music, the tour. That's coming up very, very soon. Um, you know him, you love him, he's been here a million times before. Uh from the skyscrape.com and red mosquito forums. It's Stip. How's it going, brother?
0: Doing good. uh doing well. It is, in fact, the middle of the night. Uh for you May.
2: it is. That's true. And then the on the, on the uh, East Coast braving it yet again. No, and, and then we were uh,
0: like up till two o'clock last night with the uh the single drop. So this is a, this is a rough stretch. Oh, this is easy
2: for you. Yeah. Well, um Paul will be here momentarily, I assure you that if we can, you know, just think about the clerk's sign in your head. Um, but in the meantime, we've added a fourth person, right now third, to the show. Uh, if you've been at the rail at any point in the last 25-30 years, I'm sure you have run into him or he's looked over you. It's uh we'll call him the legendary PJ Tour kid. It's Rich Wilson, brother. How's it going? Yo,
1: what's up guys?
2: <laughs> Pleasure, so we're man. here. Pleasure uh we're live welcome everybody to the show this is the first time we've done a live show directly on our channel um we did a bit of a live thing last night with the wishlist foundation folks um doing an instant like listening party reaction thing to dark matter the single yeah i saw, but, did you uh, have kathy davis on sure did she's a rocker man kathy's yeah, great she was a hoot and you know what i i've just seen now because we're in this platform that we use i I can see who's in the green room. And here with us, looking like Stevie Wonder, it's Paul.
3: Oh, exciting oh, times! Nice,
2: <laughs> Rich. Going,
3: man? Uh, you're gonna have to pardon me, me looking like a uh, uh, a hip hop artist wearing sunglasses inside. Or I love my, it, man. Or hey. or a poker player, or or one of my, my beloved four, 49ers not I, wanting to look. I, anyone I wondered the eye who after. this. Oh man no! Knows.
1: Oh no! <laughs> yeah, give him to the Debo. Yeah, <laughs> he needs them right now.
3: Well, I uh, w- I got pink eye from from one of my kids. So oh, yeah. This is, this these is things the, no. are, are brutal right now. Look at this. Oh uh, no! Oh, wow. You know this is yeah. going out
2: lives of people right now. Yeah, you they should just know lost about viewers, pink eye, man. man.
3: <laughs> they should know. We have to be. Yeah, they needed to see it. They needed about, to see the it horse conjunctivitis. Yeah, something like that. Chris is here. <laughs> He's
2: ready to go. Chris, how's it going, brother? Um. All right, so the, the four horsemen of the Dark Matter apocalypse are here. <laughs> Whatever the hell that means. Um, oh, look at this. We've got Kyle in the booth here. Hello from Australia. Excited? Yeah. Yes. Hey, I'm excited for you guys are having a damn tour, finally, after 10 years. Yeah. About time. They deserve it. They do deserve it. Um, all right, so let's get to some...
1: that kid what Aussie shows he's been to, please.
2: All right, well, yeah, then Kyle... Tell us, uh, in the comments, what shows you've been to, and we'll, we'll get back to that when we get to the tours. Please say 95 and
1: 98. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Those are the only ones
2: you need. Let's be honest. Um, real quick housekeeping. Uh, if you are listening to the show for the first time or watching for the first time, thank you for being here. That's amazing. By the way, I just learned that, uh, Apple music or Apple podcasts changed like their algorithm and now writing reviews is actually the the number one way that they get people to find new podcasts. So Mm. Paul, what should they do?
3: I think that they should rate, review, and subscribe on their preferred podcast platform of choice. And if that's not good enough, they could just buy a t-shirt. Maybe they're listening to one of these beauties right here oh, and they're look thinking, at that. wow, oh, oh oh my. Oh my, that there's look some at symmetry Paul. here. Paul Shilling. There's Schilling. some symmetry. I'm shilling. What He's what Schilling. is this?
0: What what Pink is this I cannot keep that man down. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We're already off the rails. Yeah, uh, that's one of our new shirts. If you want to help us keep the light on, it's in front of my face. That that's the one way you can do it. Um, and Patreon links are in the description of everything. So bleh, enough with that. Anyways, let's talk about dark matter, boys. Um, this single dropped at I want to say eleven fifty eight Eastern time. It was a skosh yep. before midnight, and uh, we were in here. I was in here with uh, with Kathy and Mike and, and Laura from from wishlist foundation. And we were, we got in the comments was blowing up and they were like, it's, it's up. It's up right now. Go. And I'm like furiously trying to find a tab so we can listen to it live. You got that version. And then I, you know, I, I, I breathed and I, I downloaded the track, listened to it uncompressed, you know, headphones on. Wow. Uh, that was something rich. You're our you're our, our guest numero Uno. Let's let's start with you, my friend. Initial thoughts.
1: Um okay, so like we heard whispers, right? Like long before the album came out. Obviously it's been in the can for a long time, but we are hearing like heavy melodic like things along those lines. And I don't know, like I hear those two words. I'm thinking of like a garden or something, mm. you know, like that. Um and so I and I love garden by the you know. (laughs) So I was thinking maybe that we're getting something more like that. And what we got was like the punch in the face I've been wanting for ages. Like, I mean, oh my god. Um I like the whole catalog. Uh there are definitely records I like more than other records, but I definitely lean towards the more rockin' songs. And you know, it's like what else are you gonna ask for from a song? The drums are insane. It's super heavy. The lyrics are like very weird and awesome. like, and, and then and, and in some parts, very transparent and other parts, you know, kind of mysterious. And it's just, honestly, it's everything that I want. And um, God, I like, I couldn't stop listening to it. I mean, and I'm so glad that everybody has now gotten to hear something from this record.
2: Right. <laughs> cause, cause you, you were, you were one of the lucky ones that got to go to the listening party at the troubadour. And we'll get to more of that later on in the show, but you've had yeah. this in your back pocket. So you've had, you've had some time to ruminate on it. Whereas we're just kind of getting over the last 24 right, hours.
1: But I, the other thing too, is like, y- you get to hear it once and mm. then
2: nothing. That's true. You and and go so back to it.
1: you're trying to hold, like, I, I you know, I, the closest parallel I could draw really is like in 95. The first time I heard I got shit. And I didn't have it on a bootleg. And I was just like, Dude, what, like, what was that? Like, what? And, and similarly, especially with how different and how awesome it sounded, you know, it's like, how do you hold on to that? Like, I didn't have a notepad. Like, again, you can't go back and listen to it again. And they had the lyrics up, like, on the backdrop for pretty much every song. But even with that, like, Ed's handing out, shots of vodka not vodka of um tequila? Of tequila like 10 feet away from you and pogoing to his own record and it's like it, it, uh, you know excuse me if i forgot to keep staring at the lyrics like it was a <laughs> karaoke bar you know like it's so it was a very um i mean it's insane experience like i can't even believe i was there i've had like the most charmed life following this band already like independent of of that um but I, I just want everybody to hear it. It's so good. And like, yes, I'm that guy that goes crazy and, and loves a band. But, uh, you know, I, I don't like every album the same. And I definitely like this one more than other recent efforts. Like, let's just say it that way, you know? All
2: right, All right Stip. So you didn't have the luxury of hearing it a month ago or two weeks, three weeks ago. You were like the rest of us where you heard it in the last 24 hours. You were staying up late, like old school. You're at Sam Goody, kind of yep, thing.
0: Mid- midnight listening party. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
2: party of one.
0: <laughs> so, no, well, well, I was on the, 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 I was by myself, but I was on the the Red Mosquito forums and, you know, there was like 80 people, you know, that were there, you know, like, you know, people come back for the albums. And bef- before it was coming out, we were mostly complaining about the fact that we're all middle aged men who are too old for this shit. Um, <laughs> Br- Brandon, Brandon, be the guy who, um, is the the manager of the the sky scrape scrape site you know told his daughter is like 12 13 years old it's like you know like oh i'm staying up late to hear the song when it first drops you know worried about work the next day and she looks at him and she goes why would anybody do that (laughs) and you know like wondering (laughs) pearl jams demographic is people who want to hear like will stay up will travel for the you know to hear that song for the first time and need to get their asses to bed because now we're old and have work the next day, like you know the, the the college kids are are gone, and so we were all just playfully grumpy about that, some people were probably really grumpy about that, and then, as soon as the song <laughs> dropped and everybody started listening, it was just like holy shit and as much as i Love the the recent albums. Gigaton was was pretty well received. You know, like there was some skepticism. You know, what can they still bring? What can they still, you know, show us? And you know, everybody's almost everybody's immediate reaction was just jaw hitting the floor. The 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 energy, the the intensity, the the focus, the way it felt like simultaneously, like it was drawing from so many different eras of the band and Smooshing it all together in a way that still felt new and authentically pearl jam um, you know at the same time, like you know it's like somebody took a bunch of old Lego kits and just made something new with all your familiar mm-hmm. pieces uh, in- incredible night i mean I-, I was up till two in the morning listening to the song probably thirty times in a row, just chatting about it with people
2: well and you you uh as you have for twenty some odd years, you wrote a very articulate eloquent and spot the fuck on review of the, of this song on the skyscrape.com. And I texted you as much earlier today. Uh, If you haven't read that guys, the skyscrape.com, the skyscrape.com. Check that out. Um, I want to dive into the music and the lyrics separately in just a minute here, but I want to get Paul's initial reaction of the song as well.
3: I thought it ripped. It really did. It had shades of Soundgarden. Um, I thought Mike's solo was blistering. Uh, Eddie's vocal delivery um, it mm. was, there, there was a, a ferocious urgency to it, And uh, when you really start talking about the lyrics, which I'm sure we'll get into momentarily, when you, when you think about those things, that there is a, a kind of like a, a latent frustration and anger and, and the cosmic uh, metaphor was very reminiscent of what we saw with binaural in terms of, of, you know, trying to capture a lot of these themes and motifs in this metaphysical sense or in this cosmic sense, I should say, it's probably a better word. Um, and I, I really appreciated that because it felt to me like binaural and gigaton were albums that seemed to lay a bedrock for what this album is going to be sonically speaking. So I'm, I'm really interested to to see the, what the, the visuals really, really there's a lot of parallels there too. Um,
2: All right. So let's, let's dive into the music then. Um, let's do it. Let me, let me kick things off here. Uh, heavy. Everyone's been saying heavy. Mike's been saying heavy since the fall. Um, heavy, heavy, heavy. They yes, meant it. They meant yeah, they it. Did. At least with this track. And I'm, I'm assuming that this is an indicator. Um, jeff's bass has got a lot of grit to it i know it's kind of in in the mix maybe it's kind of hard to tell because everything's kind of doing a very uh, linear thing which is the point of this song Um, but you can if you can hear it and you can tell the little grit on there i think it's really really cool you guys mentioned matt's drums they sound huge it reminds me of his drum sound on uh, king animal if you guys remember that record Mm -hmm. yeah yeah uh the guitars this is an Andrew Watt thing that I noticed on patient nine with Ozzy. I noticed, um, on the, on the previous Ozzy record that he did, there's almost like a, even on earthling to a degree, it's yeah. almost like a synthetic quality about them. Like they sound like they're almost not real, but they clearly are. And it's a, it's an interesting compression or, or gain structure that he uses the way he mics things. If it's, if it's a direct input versus miking, and he's blending the, t- I don't know what he's doing, but it's, I want to nerd out with Andrew at some point if I can, because I'm so um, intrigued by how he does that and makes those sounds. It's obviously very tight. Um, man, the bridge at about a minute and 15, you get those that that tremble, that digital tremolo thing going on. Uh, yeah, it
1: almost sounds like are exactly, and a little yeah. bit like Dance of the Clairvoyant. Exactly. That's the yeah. first
2: thing I thought of was like, uh, this is like a are kind of thing. Almost like you know, with with the drum machine thing that, that Stone was playing. Except
0: through. B- both of those songs, though, you are and dance, and you do hear those elements. Those are very precise, tightly controlled songs. And this just all felt, even as as heavy as it got, it it always felt loose. Like it always felt like people playing. It felt like something that was coming out of people rather than something that was constructed and like i adored you are is fine like i adore dance i think it's a masterpiece but that is a song that was composed in Mm -hmm. a way that um dark matter is not
1: well and i think one of the other big differences that you have here um the the band members that were in attendance were very complimentary of of watt and his understanding of their whole catalog but also like how he was able to um, you know, get them moving the same direction. And um, you know, it's just one of those things where he's clearly a huge fan. Like when you you saw him, when he was playing with earthlings with Ed and the, the versions of porch they're playing are like, you know, the, the versions that you have saved on a playlist, Mm -hmm. like you're all, Oh, this is one of the good porch jams. And that's what they're trying to emulate. So I think, um, you know, I, I, from the jump, I was excited that he was involved just cause I like, he likes them as much as we like them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and like, and he's also, you know, used all his talents to actually put himself in a room with them to, to help bring this forth. And, um, it, it was just amazing. I mean, like it, it, it almost feels like an avalanche. Like, I, I mean, like, again, we've heard heavy and heavy and heavy and it was just, I mean, it's so. It's so much more than I hoped for. It's forceful. I mean, honestly.
2: It's like, I didn't and expect that that forcefulness.
0: Well, you know what? One of yeah. the, can we talk about Ed for, for a second?
2: Yeah. That's exactly yeah. where I was going next, actually. So you know, go ahead.
0: One of the... I mean, look, there's a lot that I really loved about about this song. I appreciated a, quite a few things about Ed's performance. I like the way in which it was a part of the band. Rather than like, you know, here is like Eddie and the Pearl Jams where he's so much forward in the, in the mix that it kind of reduces the impact of the music. Like, you know, his, his voice remains their, their most powerful instrument. And here it was really used as an instrument as part of the, the overall composition. So you could still feel the drums, the impacts of the guitars. I think one of the reasons why they felt so heavy was that Eddie wasn't like sort of mic'd to be out in front of them. I don't know enough of the technical stuff about how that works, but he also, whether this was his choice, this is Watts influence, you know, he sang within that, that range where, you know, he's still, you know, just the best. And, you know, when he had those moments where he was really letting himself go, it was still staying within that range that it was, uh, you know, avoiding that, um, screech that he would get on, you know, especially self-titled and, uh, you know, backspacer, and, like, I, I love lots of songs on those records, and, you know, they, they fit well for that time. But it it helped with the heaviness of the overall song because, like, Eddie's voice was sort of, like, always in line with the music rather than, than fighting against it. Um, you know, it, it stayed with, like, the the kind of, like the thunderous groove of it. He, you know, protected himself so that he could support the song in that way. Uh, it was great to see. And I love the return of mumbly Ed, where I don't understand half of what he's well, saying. We'll get to the time. lyrics in
2: a, in a minute here. Two things <clears> on <throat> Ed's voice: um, a, I'm, I'm well, I'm, I'm glad he didn't go like blowout voice. To your point, because a, he can't. There's no way, no chance for him recreating okay, the register is just not there now. Number one, yeah. and number two is the two times that he does really kind of go for it, mm-hmm. it it just seems greater. Because yep. it's not, the, like, the ceiling isn't always there. There's dynamics, right? Yeah. He's singing within himself. You can tell he's pissed. There's, there's a passion there. He only elevates it twice. And I loved that. Um, Paul, did you get any of that too? Or, or what stuck out to you? I did. And it
3: would, you know, this is going to sound weird, but I was curious, what would Eddie in 1994 sound like on this track? And honestly, it isn't until you get to the chorus that I begin to imagine how it would be just perhaps a little bit more ferocious, I think, Um, just because I think that he, he registers a bit higher of a uh, uh, it's a little higher now when he sings like this. Uh, I liken it to the way he sung the chorus in, in hiding. Um, He just kind of elevates things in a way that used to be very guttural. You know what I mean? And what I find fascinating about it was Black Circle has already put out a tribute to this song. I know. And, and I wanted to see what Lenny would do. Because sometimes when when they do a Pearl Jam song, you you almost get like, you know, Eddie, but 20 years younger singing that song. Um, it's really fascinating the way that Lenny kind of like captures Eddie's voice, but it, it like, the, it doesn't belie like, what it is that he can produce. I mean, he obviously, uh, he has some years on Lenny, obviously, and he does. So I think that it was captured the same, though. So I almost feel like the Stipps' point, like that is the space, that's the plane where his voice is going to be an integral part of the song. And so for mm-hmm. him to sing in a way that he becomes an accompaniment and a compliment to the rest of the composition is a testament not only to his growth as a singer, but um what I think is an accomplishment for him in this song, as opposed to, you know, where the voice is more frontal, I guess, in the song.
2: Well, and think about I have to imagine that Andrew has something to do with this too. He 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 had to have In the mix or, or the direction? I think in the performance. Performance. I think because he has such an encyclopedic um memory of of everything that the guys have Jeff, done Jeff to, to Rich, Rich's that, point. Yeah. Um he can point to a vocal delivery on vitality or on binaural or whatever. Like you, you did something in this moment and you didn't have to scream for it or vice versa. And so we see there's a measured anger. There's a measured urgency to his performance. And when he wants to add the exclamation point, he does. And I, and I just have to think that Andrew had a part to play in saying not now there do it there um and which which is like i said it's going to help us live because he'll he'll be able to sing this live let's talk about mike mike just for one second can i just say something yes
1: just sticking with like the the whole anger thing um as much as i mean I, i have you know some backstory on everybody here and like you guys kind of know mine as well but like for as much as ed has given to all of us and shared with all of us like not just in this chat but in this community in this world in this whatever um when he is angry it is the best stuff (laughs) and 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 i well i don't at this point want him to be tortured it's really cool to see him happy with his daughters and like in that moment of like okay, dude, we have a legacy. We don't have to prove anything. We just make art when we feel like making art. But when he still has like, and I think you saw it more on Gigaton, you know, with, with some of the lyrical content there. And then now again here, while well, you kind of mix from the mysterious to something as basic as like, what's the line where everybody pays for somebody else's mm-hmm, mistake? Yeah. I mean, he, there there's a million readings of that line, but a lot of them... Are 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 very right now, and and I think when you get to those moments, whether it's grievance or insig or you know like certain songs, Green Disease, whatever, off of all different albums. But when he's really lit up about something, that, that it doesn't get any better than that, and it it's always comes right through. And so again, I don't want him to be tortured. I want him to enjoy his <laughs> life. He deserves it. Uh, but but when he cathartically expels that anger. It is an amazing, it is a sight to see. Man. I mean, he's
0: always been one of the most empathetic singers, and I think you know what's yeah. you know you don't need to be feeling it yourself to be able to translate it into your art. Like you know, right. I I re, like re, my experience of the song, and you know, uh, my kids are, are twelve and ten. You know, this is okay. this is where where I went to in terms of like the what I feel like this song is channeling. It's like my life personally is pretty i'm pretty happy with it i haven't quite gotten to the level that you know eddie's at in terms of of you know success or satisfaction probably but things are good and i don't work walk through my day with my own personal life you know uh full of rage uh but i'm very politically you know involved engaged active i think about like you know my my kids when we had snow here in maryland a couple of uh a couple of weeks ago like that might be the last snowfall they they ever experience, you know, in their lives if they if they still wow. live here. I my college mascot was a a polar bear. My grandchildren will probably grow up never seeing a polar bear outside of like a, a picture or TV because they will be gone. You know, there's any number of things that I can get righteously you know furious about. That aren't directly touching me, and that's like that's what this is it's channeling. That's where the solidarity comes from here, and that's where I think it's smart that it's not trying to emulate the the, the personal. I'm I'm unloading my own. Yeah, it's not
1: blood, it. right. yeah. yeah.
0: But it's a, and it would be inauthentic if it was because you know you're in the rock and roll hall of fame, wildly yeah. <laughs> successful. Like you, your life does not suck, but that does not mean that there is not. Terrible things happening in the world, and that you, as a human being in it, can't be angry and upset about that. And like right. that's the sweet spot that he found himself.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. I agree with you. I think we should just pivot right into the lyrics. Um, you know, the biggest thing I'm happy about here is that because we've not really solved the problems articulated on, on Gigaton, you know, in the polite, patient, grown-up way that we've said, <laughs> now, now they're like, okay, fuck it. You 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 can't be convinced in that way, then we're going to, to do things the hard way with with, with some brute force, with some honesty. I'm not going to be Mr. Nice Guy anymore. You know, the idealism is gone. This is the problem. We're going to fucking solve it. And I just, I like the two in, in, in like, in union. Like you have to have, you know, the carrot and the stick. And this is the stick.
0: Yeah. You know, Gigaton's a, a guilty feeling record um you know in that it's it feel it's like it at least to me every time i hear it it, it's gen x processing its failures you know it's it's inability to live up to you know uh becoming the things that you were railing about 20 years ago you know um and you know so it that mutes the anger there because it's so reflective it's so internal you know it's it's therapy and this is you know the recognition that like let's not draw any you know false equivalencies here like there are people who make the world awful there are people who benefit from other people's misery there are people who get in the way of us changing the things that we know are broken implementing the solutions that we know exist and you know like there's it'll be very interesting to see how this sits with the rest of the songs uh just because gigaton every time it, it walked up to that edge. You know, walked itself back. Like you know, like the my favorite lyric on that album is is right in the first song. All the answers will be found in the mistakes that we've made. Yeah. Uh you know, like that's if if you lead with that thought, you know, you're never going to get, reach that level of righteous indignation. You can't. It's it's too reflective.
1: Well, and also if you can afford to take a boat to Zanzibar, <laughs> how,
3: how much how does mad that cost? Do you know, it, it's... I, go ahead, Rich. I, as
1: Freddie Mercury. I mean, he's from there, right? <laughs> yeah. It,
3: it's funny, um, Stip, you, you use the word reflective a lot when you meditated on these lyrics. And when you think about something like dark matter, dark matter is hypothetical. You know, it's, it's not identifiable right now. It's, it's a hypothesis in a lot of ways. And essentially when you, when you think about it in terms of astronomy, we're talking about something that's composed of particles that don't absorb and do not reflect or emit light. And (laughs) so when you think about these lyrics, you know, I, I look at lines like, take the breath from my chest, Uh, steal the lights from our eyes. We're losing time. This idea that we are, devolving into dark matter essentially or that's the path that we're on you know these mistakes that we're taking the blame for or that others are taking the blame for um it's just interesting because perhaps the the lack of accountability is essentially our dark matter you know what i mean because it's nobody wants to take accountability or responsibility for it so therefore it just exists in this place that is unidentifiable. It's, it's all, it's a conjecture essentially.
1: I I think there was clearly some other, you know, notions about like, right, like dark matter is like the, the framework of the universe that nobody can really put their finger on or, or, you know, whatever it is. And Ed said this really cool thing. He said, um, music is man-made, but it's not artificial. Yeah. And, And that, I think that feeling of of like, you know, like even if we are the locusts, we were put here to be the locust, you know, like, and and music, while you are conjuring it, like it did exist before, like, you know, it's the tension of this string when I pull it makes this sound wave regardless like that. And so I think some of those like underlying uh, mysteries are sort of interwoven with, again, you know, the, the, the problems that we've been dealing with that we continue to deal with the polar bears, all of it. Uh, I mean, the, the, the cover of gigaton has, has, you know, shrunk down more. Like if they, if they update the cover of gigaton, <laughs> like those ice caps are, are the 20th anniversary and, and,
2: deluxe box set. is going to have <laughs> like a, a p- p- fucking p- 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 ice cube.
1: Oh, oh. God. Oh. Yeah. We'll all be wearing sunglasses then. Don't worry about
3: it. <laughs> Hopefully not. Cause you have pink eye. Yeah. <laughs> As it is affectionately known yeah, I mean there are to get pink <laughs> but anyway
2: the um you know it's I just like that um there is the same urgency the same the same um I mean Stip, you said it really well in, in your review that, that you you can still be angry about something when you're older like anger isn't only for the young can you explain what you what you said in that in that in your written review
0: um I should try to look it up. Um, I like how I said it there. Um <laughs> the you know, I I moderate a message board, so I'm I'm listening to you know, people talk about you know Pearl Jam all the time, talk about music all the time. And I think we all get sort of trapped into you know the the fetishization of what music meant to us when we were younger. Um you know how I felt at age 16, 17, discovering them, you know, like in in my early twenties. You know, there, there's a purity to those times, especially like, you know, when you think back on them. They always, you know, they felt more complicated then. Um and when we we look to the the music, especially that's been with us this whole time, um, you know, it's impossible for me to put on Pearl Jam and not have at least some connection to that past and what it meant to me then. And part of the the challenge I think as a listener is to let the the music and the experience of the music sort of adapt and grow and change with you. So like I don't listen like a a 20-year-old anymore. Like that's not where my life is. And while I sometimes think, oh I want to feel the way that I felt back then, you know, I can't um yeah i'm just a a different person right now and trying to capture that would be hugely inauthentic um but what i think they did really well here is recognize that the core experiences that make us human human beings um love guilt anger you know joy um you know those stay with you your entire life you never stop feeling them it's just the Experiences that inform those emotions, that color them, that um, that help you process and understand them. Those things change, and I think what they did really effectively here in the lyrics, in the performance, even in like you know the Eddie's tone of voice, is it, it brought that that wisdom. It brought that experience. It brought the life that's been lived for the last. I mean, the guys are all about sixty years old. You know, for their last sixty years, into this moment and recognized. You know what I'm. I still feel angry. I don't feel angry in the same way I did when I was 20, but it's it's still there and it's still something that I can share in the way that feels natural to where I am right now in this moment. You know, and that's not a thing that you capture in a single lyric. You know, it's it's an approach. It's the the use of of we, it's the in some ways it's it's the non-specificity, it's the concerns about the impacts on other people that the you know whatever the song is is criticizing it's pretty open ended so you can plug in whatever you know political or social mm-hmm. cause you need to um it's not about what it's doing to them personally. it's about all of the unfairness and injustice that it represents that you know they've spent sixty years observing you know you can get angrier when you're older in some ways because you have that much more experience to draw upon,
2: yeah, it's um. What you're angry about at 25 and 55 might be it could be the same thing. It might be different. A lot of times it's different, you know? You might be dead broke as a 25 year old just out a college kid. You might be, you know, broke in a different way where you gotta pay all these bills as an adult. There's a different kind of stress level mm-hmm. there, but you're but you're you're still you're still stressed about the same idea, but you've got 30 years of wisdom in between on how to deal with it. And the and the way that Ed is articulating the wisdom through his anger is, I think, at least on this song, pretty pretty cool. Um, I want to move to the record as a whole. Obviously, we don't know a ton about it. Um, all we do know well, is Rich that it's coming out. Two,
3: but- <laughs> well, we'll get
2: there. <laughs> don't 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 put the cart before the horse. Come on now, let me set this fucking thing up. Uh. Yeah, April April nineteenth. That is a really out. long
1: time from now. Yeah,
2: it's only two months.
0: Isn't that when Taylor Swift's album comes out too?
2: Same it day. Is. Yeah, I appreciate. I appreciate that swing. What a day! Oh I cannot Huge.
0: escape her. Can I? That's going to be such a fight with my daughter. <laughs> I just and hope that Jason Kelsey
1: buys the Pearl Jam record while Travis is buying the other one. <laughs> yeah, right?
2: <laughs> you know what? Play them back to back. For all I care, I am. I am. I am pro Taylor. But anyways. April 19th, there's multiple versions you can buy on the Pearl Jam website. There's a clear guy. There's a, a black one, usual black one, I think. And there's a, a red with like some black splatter businesses on there. There's a deluxe CD with a Blu-ray that has the Atmos mix on it. Um, digital, of course. And then record store day the next day, there's like a weird gold kind of splattery guy as well, if you can find one at your local record store. Um, One thing that I thought was interesting is that the press release says that there was. This was all done over the course of three weeks last year. I thought when we learned that that Andrew was working with the band two and a half years ago that it was like multiple jumps down here. Does that? Were we, were, was I am I wrong, or is what's the story there, Rich? Do you know um, about that?
1: Well, I know that they said I was under a similar impression, and it sounded to me also like. You know they had made a, a bunch of sort of like little stops in, you know. Yeah. Um, but what it sounds like, um, again, from 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 them is they were gonna use Watts' setup, which apparently they all really really dug. But he had some issues because of the flooding and stuff that's mm-hmm. going on, and so they actually used one of Rick Rubin's spots. And so maybe the combination of the fact that like they had sort of been working on it and they were you know they were sort of moving along and moving along on however many songs it was at that point, then they get into like this really plush setup. I mean, like who else sets artists up better than Rick Rubin? Like, I mean, yeah, there's uh, there are literally documentaries about this, and um, and and I think that was like, you know, the the chef's kiss where it's like okay, like, and, and you know antithetical to dance of the clairvoyance where they were almost like leaving each other like computer notes like oh i laid down this baseline oh i did this and like they all touched it you know they all touched it but they all touched it separately and they were never in the room together
3: this is the complete postal service (laughs) this is the complete inverse of
1: that where it's like oh like a it's it's safe for us to be together again we want to be in the same room not that they didn't want to be together, just like the whole COVID paradigm. And then you've been working on these songs. So it's not even like they're zygotes. It's just like, okay, man, we just need to polish this thing up and, and, you know, pick the best solo. Like, so I I think that was a a big piece of it. They were very complimentary um, about Watt. And I think they did have some tremendous luck there as well. I don't want to betray any confidences or anything so just let me say this um there are several songs about half the album that are similarly heavy maybe not sonically the same but similarly heavy and that is about half of the record and then so that leaves like you know six songs ish which i believe then you have like some about like Four mid tempos and then two ballads, Um, and the heavy stuff is again more than you might have presumed, Mm. and in the in the best possible way. And again, like we've never met, I kind of know you know a couple of you from you know your your sort of internet footprint and stuff, but I like to spaz out to like heavy songs at Pearl Jam shows, like fucking. Wookie, you know, and just absolutely (laughs) just lose like like whipping, you know, like, I want them to bring it. I don't want like, see if you can kill me and I'll die happy. Like, I mean, like play, you know what I mean? Like empty the clip here. And (laughs) there were so many songs on this record that were fulfilling exactly like that most basic, like animal part of like,
3: just rock
1: that. And, And that is in in the most fundamental way, the thing that I was like, so viscerally excited about. And, and I have to also say this, which I saw three fish in 1999 at the Troubadour. And oh. so there was a very weird continuity <laughs> to, to coming back there to have this whole, was that t- your
2: second time back?
1: I've been there or for, there's back? this tiny little band called that dog. Um, which have played, I believe, fewer than fifty shows ever. And two of the Hayden triplets are in that band. They played some reunion shows there right before PJ Twenty, and I mm-hmm. actually flew to LA to see them. And Jack, Black, like Tenacious D, opened the first night because Jack Black is married to the third Hayden triplet, the <laughs> one that's not in the band. Yeah. So I, I'd only been there for Three Fish and for That Dog both of whom if i mention to anybody in casual conversation will nod politely and have no idea Mm -hmm. what you're talking about um and 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 then this so that you know it couldn't have stuck out more but just to, to stick with what we're talking about about the blood and guts of the album is like i cannot wait for everybody who's interested to hear it because you see the reaction that we just had to the single they dropped we'll wait till you hear the first song on the album and wait till you hear the last song on the album. And like,
2: holy fucking shit. <laughs> Period. Um, for anybody who's confused, Rich uh, got to go to the listening party at the Troubadour in Los Angeles a few weeks ago. Um, so he's giving us as much as he's allowed to give us, which I'm, I'm super uh, appreciative for. Well, and, and What you just mentioned there, the first track, which is Scared of Fear... I have a note here for it somewhere. Uh, it's a driving major key rocker, according to Jonathan Cohen. And then you have got React, Respond, and Running, which are oh, arena so, did, ready. so did
1: Cohen? Cohen was able to talk about the song some more <laughs> to, to today. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So well, the first he's saying,
2: uh, say, it, can you say it one more time? Sure. So the first article he put out, like right after the listening party, was very vague and uh, right. He wasn't whatever. allowed
1: to mention song titles or sure.
2: But today he did an updated version of it, where he kind of acknowledged that he was tight-lipped the first time around. Okay, and a few few notes that I found were: a "Scared of Fear," the first track on the album, is a driving major key rocker. Yeah, react, respond, and running are "quote unquote" arena ready. Waiting for Stevie sounds like singles era Pearl Jam. Thank you very much. I'll take that. Uh, something special is about parenting, which I think we kind of knew from what Ed said. And I think you said right. that too. Um, co-written by Josh Klinghoffer. Didn't know that. Oh. That's kind of cool. And then you've got wreckage and got to give, which are acoustic, more like the late era petty kind of vibe and flavor. Um, uh, is that, is that jogging the memory? Oh memory? Yeah.
1: And, but I mean, um, again, I, I hadn't heard a shred of anything of it. And like, I, you know, i I'm fine with like a cool slow opener or you know going heavy with it, but like that opener is great, and um I think uh react responded is right after mm-hmm. um uh scared of fear, and running is like crazy hard um Ooh. not in the same way um sonically, it's a little bit more straightforward, I guess it's not so um.
2: It doesn't have the, it, doesn't have, it tr- doesn't have like that
1: veneer uh, okay. as much. Um, but I, where it was just like, you know, I, I was standing next to people who were like more in the know where they had heard the record and they were kind of almost like giving me the half eye because they know
2: uh, what, do, what, yeah.
1: what does it for me. And they were kind of like waiting, you know, to, to watch me freak out. And I mean, it it, it, it I cannot wait. I cannot wait. It's so good. That seems like an awful long time to wait. So I hope they do like breadcrumbs as far as songs go um, leading up to that. Well, I'm Uh, sure they're going
2: to have, I mean, there'll probably be at least one more single before the album comes out. I mean, if you go back to the Gigaton timeline, Quick Escape came out two days before the album dropped. It was a similar timeline, single and then an album two months later kind of thing. I love that
3: song so much, man. I mean, Which I wouldn't complain if some of these breadcrumbs are things that aren't on the album, only because it, it's like when you you have a preview and they show you so much. Like, well, I just saw the whole damn film. I mean, it's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, well, the I, other I, thing, I, don't,
1: I, I couldn't help but wonder too, because it, like it was Yield Day very shortly after that. Mm. And so I listened to Studio Yield. I rarely listen to the studio albums <laughs> yeah. once there's live versions. It's just the... That's my... Different animal. Yeah, That's just how I get down. But I, when it's the only source material I have, I'll listen to it, you know, endlessly. And I, I hadn't listened to it in forever. And then you're like, oh, right, there's a hidden track at the end. <laughs> and it was like a motif and an idea that I had like almost completely forgotten about. You know, like, oh, you know, it's, it's almost like, a, you know, never leave a Marvel movie before the credits are over, right? Yeah. And like... <laughs> The same was true of a CD in the 90s, like, don't push stop when it's on the last track, just let it, you know, like, whether it's Tool or, you know, any number of Pearl Jam things, and so, uh, you know, I couldn't help but think, like, oh, imagine if they did that now, but, like, like, nobody's listening to a CD, nobody's listening to, like, you know,
3: that's precisely why they should do it now. <laughs> <laughs> for,
2: the, for the one guy named Paul Giliari who goes to the store. Who will still be unwrapping by the, the cellophane.
0: I, I ordered my CD today. Yes. You ordered a CD?
2: You ordered a CD? Yes. Oh, my God. I ordered. The I don't know how I'm going to listen to <laughs> but, it.
0: I mean, probably my computer, but on print, in principle. It's not going to be the I, one Pearl Jam album I don't have so, a but, CD but for. You,
2: so, you, Steph, you bought it on the website? Yeah. Okay. Paul is conf- is a little concerned that if he buys it on, on the website – that it won't arrive on the day, like there could be some sort of delay, it could be a day late, whatever. Um, so I said, couldn't you, you still just go listen to it on of? like
1: Apple Music or whatever, or no, Spotify? Yeah. Or I, I, that's I mean, not how
2: could, that's not how he rolls.
3: Could is irrelevant. I'm going yeah, okay, okay. To, to whatever the hell sells a CD in this town. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask I'm you Who sells buy CDs in your it town? Cold, hard cash. When nice. I come home, all to use is the i
1: cashier. They're going to be like, don't you want to use a card? Or like, like no, no sir. I'm, am, what, what is this?
2: Monopoly money? Like, like, yes, I'm getting a check, sir. <laughs> How much do I make it out to? Right. All it does is
1: slow things down now when you try to pay with cash
0: guy behind uh, me is like i i've been waiting yeah. here for 90 seconds it's, it's never had to <laughs> do this before in my life if you're real serious about it paul get a cassette listen to it on your walkman <laughs> oh nice
2: i don't know that they're selling it on cassette at uh, least right God. now oh paul uh, see kyle kyle is uh sending good vibes to you it's okay
3: yeah it's uh we're, we're about 90 seconds away from stip telling me to stop yelling at the clouds <laughs> <laughs> Old order the, the, the Dark
2: Matter Deluxe CD. So, Erase Your Mind is going to get that Atmos mix, which I'm hoping that I'll just get access to by by subscribing to Apple Music. That's, that's my that's my that's my. I'm hoping that's the case.
0: That's the one I, I ordered. Erase Your Mind. I actually wasn't sure what made it deluxe, but I was like,
2: it's I, I the Atmos know. mix?"
0: Well, I, I learned that afterwards. It's like, oh, this is the deluxe version. There, there's two discs. I have to get this one. Somebody will tell me what's on the thing I just bought later.
2: <laughs> you didn't read. Really? Yeah.
0: Well, it's a Blu-ray. It didn't, really, it didn't say on the yeah. It's a Blu-ray. On the, the it's probably the a website.
2: bunch of visualizers. Yeah, it's probably like it it is. a gigaton Yeah, um, perfect for a CD player. Exactly. <laughs> can, can, can your computer handle it? Is the question. All right, um, let's do this. Then uh, we're already at forty-seven minutes here, but we want. I, I got to touch on the tour. I mean, Jesus okay. Christ, we finally have go. Rich is very excited about this, and 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 anybody who doesn't know Rich. His handle is PJ Tour Kid because you 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 are you are basically on par to hit two fifty two hundred and fifty in Los Angeles, Distort. which I'm Distort. very excited about. We 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 can we can, we can we can high five. Answer. We we can share some beverages together. I have
1: like, n- yeah. I have no wife, no kids, uh, no no career. Um no. <laughs> that's how. Yeah, but he's got. It's not really a big trick. It's just a trick that not many people like. unfettered
3: Um, dedication
1: (laughs) well it just i listen i you know um as far as that goes i've seen a lot of people age out for different reasons some of them fall out of love with the band others get too busy with the rest of their life they're building and that like i totally get that there's a context to, to everybody's life and for as many shows as i have seen like i you know the year my father died i think i only saw four shows um and so You know, like regardless, you know, people like a lot of times I won't say the number, just because it, like, you know, it's it's, it's such like a thing, but it it's contextual to everybody's life, Mm -hmm. and and that's that's all that needs to be said. You know what? Here, let's talk about this tour. Yes,
0: and I'll I'll say rich too. I I I've two. I've you know I'm I'm at about twenty five. So you know, like a order of magnitude below you. But if I could have done 250 I would have. Like there's yeah, well, never well, been a time I think everybody there. would. I, I've <laughs> never left a Pearl Jam show ever ever and thought that's enough. Like or like enough. I'm good now. Like I've never. I've always gone to what my life can manage at the time yeah. or what yeah. I can access. But I would always push it further well, if I could. I totally get it.
2: I don't want to. I don't want to ruin uh, Rich's uh, next line here, but it's, or whatever your credit card can handle.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah. literally why I
0: missed the uh, night three at the Gibson in L.A. I had a scary morning this uh, <laughs> moment this morning when I was like shotgunning. I think six shows. I want to try to go to fully not expecting to get most of them, but you have to like prepay. Yeah. It's like, Shit! If this all comes up, <laughs> I got to have a conversation with my wife <laughs> well, about what I just well, did.
1: Well, so okay, so at this late date again, you know we've seen so many permutations of right. how the, this goes. Like yeah. the index cards that used to be through their website. Like you know, however old you are with the band, you've experienced X number of different things. And right. the one of the real differences this time, right, is that every show is going up at the same time. Right. Whereas it used to be like broken up by legs. So, you know, if if it were going to be May, like in February, like the the May shows would go up. You would pay for those. And but I mean, like, you know, to do a whole leg now uh, to do a whole leg in 22, you know, was like three grand. Now it's almost four. But regardless of that, like now double that if you're going to do two legs. And so now it's like, okay, uh let me look at my credit card limits and uh let me start, you know, figuring all this out. Um, so it the same way that everybody has to like move and shake with the band's music, whether they continue to still like it or what whatever, like there's also that part of it where like you have to stay like zen enough to keep moving with the different iterations of the ticket game, like if you want to deal with this. Yeah, and, and so you know, for me, it was a little bit of a shock, but I've been through it enough times where I expected it, and now it's just kind of a question of like, okay, how do I do the four dimensional chest of what I'm trying to accomplish? And yeah, I mean, uh, and and you know, like, I mean, dude, this is my Super Bowl. Like, I the reason the reason my name is PJ Tourkid is because like when I cut my teeth going to shows in like 98 and 2000 like that's what you would say about people like that went to a bunch of shows like oh that's another tour kid like you know and maybe you knew him, maybe you didn't but you kept seeing them like this dude's at every show like let me shit let me go say hi to this person and so it's not i mean i'm an old man i don't think i'm a child you know like <laughs> i'm not trying to rebuy my youth but anyway i i think everybody's having that moment of like, what can I do? What will my wife allow? What will my bank account allow? Uh, what shows am I actually going to pull? Did you look uh, when you were choosing shows at the wide range of difference between what sections are available to 10 clubbers in some cities and are not in other cities? No, gentlemen? I, I didn't. I mean, you might want to look at that. It's very interesting. I, well, do,
3: listen, do, do you I, have I, a comment on that, Rich? I, I mean,
1: I, I I listen. It again, everything changes, and you 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 just go with the flow. You know, like I'll I'll ride the wave where it takes me. But like <laughs> I, I I never found LA to be a very difficult ticket, um, in general. Like it, it, I mean, you know, I was at the Fonda, I was at the Greek, I was at like whatever. But if you look at 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 that show on on the what's available for 10 clubbers. It's a, it's an interesting math versus other shows. Like, and again, MSG doesn't surprise anybody.
2: Well, yeah. And and And, they won't even let
1: you get both MSGs. Again, I totally get that. And as somebody who's had the charmed run that I've had, like for people that have never been to MSG and it's aspirational, I hope you get tickets. Right. Whomever you are. I hope you do. I hope you're on the rail. And I hope you go in front of Stone. You know what I mean? Mix it up, dude. Yeah. Everybody goes Mike's side. That's old. Go Stone's side. So by the way, but,
2: anybody who doesn't know, it, they said that MSG was the only date where you might not get both shows kind of thing. I think and, they and, said and, you would not. You will not. You, will, you not, will not. Okay, sorry. You will not get both shows. You, you
1: will not. It but, is not allowable now, by they, the way. It,
2: I didn't check every venue because I only I, I put in for Los Angeles and I put in for Chicago. And okay. I only looked at the very first line of GA reserved one, check that box, move on. So, <laughs> so, uh, and then, you know, there, there's, there's ways and people you can, you can talk to if things don't work out as I'm sure, you know. Um, so I, I'm not, yeah. I'm not too stressed about it, but I haven't checked other venues. And someone was saying that Indianapolis, Noblesville is like, quite expensive for what that is a small a smaller venue amphitheater and new york has this you can't go to both shows thing and on top of that the, the tickets are more expensive than the last tour i think the last tour every ticket was like 149 around that it,
1: i think they were like 160 Maybe so 160. like pairs yeah. were 320 and so and now are now 50 dollars more 185
2: when yeah. 175 for some venues one eighty i think
1: I mean, Uh, yeah. And and in a bunch of spots, it's 185. So now you're looking at basically 400 bucks. Um, But yeah, man, like, that's, that's, that's the world we're living in now.
0: You know, I, I still like there were my thinking is I'm lucky that I I live in the, the northeast, the southern half of the northeast, but the northeast. And so, you know, I put in for the New York shows, I have friends and family. The, the Philly shows and Baltimore, which I was supposed to do in 2020 before it got canceled. And I just went down, like, what are all of the options? I'm checking all of the options for those shows and, and we'll see what we get. Because I, I've failed in the lottery so many times uh-huh. in, in recent years that like I, I just want to be there. And these, for me, with yeah, my... Rookie 25 shows, you know, in certain.
1: Oh, don't in, do that no,
0: no, no. I'm just, i I, again, I, yeah. I, I'm, to everybody else who knows who I've told that statistic to, they think I'm a lunatic. This is right. the only, oh, you yeah. know, this, you're the only person I could, on the planet I can make this joke to.
1: Yeah, you can uh, use me to normalize yourself if you, you want go. to those people. Go, go ahead. This
0: is who I want to be. Uh, if only I, I can provide make that service for free. <laughs> you <laughs> know, I'm just, I'm, and, once they shifted to that, like your seat assignment was somewhat random. It's been so long since like I knew okay, my ten club ticket is definitely getting me this that I'm just happy to be there and not have the stress of having to work through you know Ticketmaster and all the rest. I'm I'm easy to uh, please at this point.
1: And, and I think the other thing is like it, honestly, if you don't have that outlook, so again, I, I'm I've I've been so lucky and and I've made a lot of my own luck too, but like. So for me, you know, I have a really good 10 club number. I'm a 94 membership and, you know, it's sub hundred thousand number. And what I largely do now is if I don't pull GAs and they give me my reserve, like they're great. So I'll just rock them. You know what I mean? Occasionally, like just because I've been doing this for so long that like people randomly be like, oh, dude, we got an extra GA. Do you want it? And then, you know, immediately I'm calling somebody and asking how deep the line is to see if it's, you know, like how how viable it is to still get up front. But if you're not as happy, like, obviously like that crazy proximity is a different experience than a a more regular seat. But like, if you're not excited to be in the building, like what are you doing there? Yeah.
3: Regardless. You know what I mean? The last time I went to MSG, uh, not, not in 2022,
1: but, but prior to that in 2016, the first night I had a great seat, the second night, I probably had the worst seat that I've ever like accepted and, and sat in at a show. And I'm like, whatever, dude. It's MSG. People are dying to get into this show. And again, like, let somebody else be up front tonight. Like, let somebody like you've done that plenty. Like, and mm-hmm. if, if you're not singing along back here, you're only singing along when the band can see you. Like, maybe
2: <laughs> maybe it's time to reassess why you're there.
1: And, and, and so, As we'll see
2: you when he shines the spotlight off of his telecaster. <laughs> right. On the
1: on that telecaster he never plays but has the mirror. Except for Heffel. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: so well, it'll be interesting. We'll, we'll uh, find to, out in to a few see days. That.
2: <laughs> You know? Hey, quick, yeah. Quick question. So maybe I'm dumb here. When it came to each venue, um did everybody just select every option and you're I did. only allowed two?
0: I, I mean my thought is that I'll be in a larger pool and I'm guessing they first they would do the floor then they would just work their way up is that um, do
2: you, rich do you
1: know how that works? Well, so uh, again uh, like the fine print changes every year for me, the one thing I didn't check was like the upper deck tickets okay because I- I'm gonna know somebody that has a better ticket than that like they're uh, you know what I mean yeah. like i I hope somebody gets that and enjoys that ticket but like i I'm not gonna purposely put myself in the upper deck at an arena so you'll, I, you'll, you'll have
2: somebody who probably i mean but but i'm just saying yeah. like and, and if you spend 10 minutes
1: uh you know scouring the internet chances are you could even if you weren't me and didn't have right. you know people that you've been bumping into for the better part of 30 years following this band around but um i i think the the short version is the more of those that you check the better chance you have of getting in the door.
2: But basically, you—if you, you check every level at a venue for the date, you are still only getting one of those options: two tickets. Max. Correct. So basically, yes. I have to go back and redo my thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got time. I got time.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm yeah. billed for two tickets for each venue, regardless of what I've I've checked off. Now I just have to get them. Okay,
2: good. So I'm just going to go back and check the other other levels. So, just so the case.
0: idea is you choose your venue and you want
3: to select every possible seat assignment that's available. So that way, if you don't get
0: your, you know, Kentucky Derby number one slot, you're going to get one of them. Juan was right. Just be inside the building. Uh, yeah. When Jason okay. and I, you know, Jason got me that ticket to, and it flew down to Austin for the show at the end of the last tour. Like our seats were not good. They were, you know, in the uh-huh. back of the, back of the lower the bowl. The, uh, yeah. Um, lower bowl. At you, least it sounds good. You can see, no, yeah. but, the, but you know, you were there Everybody around you was you know in the moment the band sounded great. The sound in the arena was cool um I don't
1: remember seeing a much happier ever in my life than that second Austin show. They were in such a good mood that night.
3: Good answer, Jason
2: uh, yeah, unbelievable um i will i will I'm not going to toot a horn because I don't I don't have a horn here, but um I was able to go to the loose Groove party. Uh, a few months ago, when they oh, nice. when they showed off uh, Tiger Cub and Brittany Davis and James and the Cold Gun, which was all three of them fucking kicked ass. Um, but I got to talk to Stone a little bit afterwards and just kind of say, "Hey, that this this was great." Blah blah blah. And I said, "Oh yeah, I I, I went to Austin, you know, two months ago or last month, whatever it was." And, and without even saying anything, he goes, "Oh man, that night too. That night too was amazing, dude." And I'm like, uh, like, I didn't even bring it up. He just told me that how great Austin Night 2 was.
1: I just, you know, so like uh, one of the intoxicating things about proximity is like the nuances that you pick up on, whether it's like them audibling to another song or the look on their face or or whatever it is. And And again, after so long, like, like you focus on different things, like at one point in my life, I would never look away from Ed if he was talking. Now, a lot of times when he's talking, the first thing I do is look at Stone to see if he's got his arms crossed <laughs> How long or, is he go or if he's it. looking at his feet just because I think it's funny. But th- th- my biggest takeaway that night, on top of what a wonderful show it was, was just like, you know, we're at this late, crazy date in their career. All the other grunge bands are gone. All the other grunge bands have had like, you know tumultuous, problematic endings for the most part. And, and here they are, like, they want to be up here. They're thrilled to pieces, like, they're playing Love Bone covers. Like, I, you know, like, it, it's it's all happening. And, I mean, I don't know that that was the best show I've ever seen by, you know, whatever metric you want to use. I do know that that vibe, recency bias notwithstanding, was among the more exceptional Live shows that I've seen from them just in so much as like not only are we having fun, like, look at them. Ed is crying tears of joy at the end of this tour. Like, that's a far cry from how they left stage at, you know, at, to end the 2000 tour. Right. <laughs> you know, like when they finally got back to Seattle after everything they went through that year. And I mean, obviously, that was a huge, epic show, but th- those things stick with you forever. And it's so cool to hear you know bringing it back to to how we got here like that stone felt that way and had that feeling and because it, it really was something else man
0: hopefully it's because they know they, they knew the album they were sitting on that that too Bro, well that's
1: uh jeff was saying he you know he was going through points of like forgetting that it was done and then he'd listen to it again and then he'd want to share it but he knows like where they are like it's it's not time to do that yet and so their excitement was, was tangible. And, um, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see how all those songs manifest live. And regardless of how far we get on the credit card limit, uh, <laughs> it's, it's
2: totally good. It's totally gonna be worth it, man. Um, I think we should put a pin in it there, boys. It's been, um, a wonderful hour and four minutes here. And, um, we've got two months before just about two months before the record finally comes out and probably at least one more single, maybe, maybe two. Before uh before that, uh I want to thank Paul for coming, even with his with his bad eyes.
3: The shirt compelled me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, by the way, anybody who's watching this on YouTube or Facebook, we're wearing the shirt, so you can see that. Yeah. Oh, nice! How fun yeah. is that? Um, I was, look- I was I, looking. I was looking for my shirt. It's one- in the.
0: It was in
1: the
2: laundry. <laughs> it's
0: like what are the freaking odds?
1: Can I tell you one story just Please. to like? Uh, so, um. I feel like a lot of times state of love and trust is like a song I take for granted, uh, in so much as like, I, I always really dug it. Um, but like you, you kind of don't really have to chase it live. It just happens, whatever. But like, I've, I've always loved it. Um, and, and like, I kind of had this theory about it. Like when Ed's really getting after it, like when and where, like he happens to like hammer on like the, the very beginning Of every line and so uh cut to the first la show in 2013 uh i was with now my ex but like like, uh, another tour kid uh and we're you know pretty much dead center on the rail and and state came on and i was having one of those like well let's not forget to go extra crazy to this too because this fucking song rules Mm -hmm. like you know, Linda Powell is saying we will always go out dancing right now. Like, let me let me show my due respect and and, and like really throw down for this one. Ends up, Ed throws me the mic, and I How ended up you? singing the 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 myself myself. Oh man! And then thro- and uh, for a song that I I don't want to say overlook because I always really liked it but for a song that i did kind of take a little bit for granted cuz like i was chasing breath forever and that was a big motivator for me literally going on tour was i missed it in 98 like i just missed mm. it in 98 and so i never i never looked at state with that same you know thing a- and then it's like eds like okay well now here <laughs> like let me throw you the mic so you'll you'll never think about this song again without loving the shit so so every time i look at your podcast name like i I, you know like it's hard to not like have that moment
3: you associate positive feelings with us rich that means a lot
2: (laughs) that that is a good thing and and it doesn't always happen well you know what we'll take it we'll take it um i appreciate you. This was was
1: a ball (laughs) stip it was super
2: cool meeting you. here
1: pleasure same here really appreciate your input man like i like it was cool getting I, to hear your thoughts like and all of your thoughts but i you know i kind of we've kind of talked a little yeah. bit uh before you know offline and so uh, yeah just just awesome stuff thanks so much and uh let me know what shows you'll be at and i'll uh, come say
2: fantastic. hi fantastic well everybody who's watching online uh thank you for being here and anybody who's listening to the audio only version uh whenever this comes out in the next couple of days um Thank you for listening. And uh, as I said before, there's obviously uh, plenty you can do to, to help the show and keep all of these lights on so we can keep making these episodes and have people like Rich on and Rob Bleetstein and and Brett Eliasson and Danny Clinch and Mark Arm and uh, Charles Peterson and Lance Mercer and yada, 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 yada. Um, this is what we want to do. We want to keep these conversations and these stories going. And, and um, if, if you want to help by writing a review or anything else, that's super appreciated. So uh, that's it for this week. And uh, Next week, um, we're going to learn, at least I'm going to learn, how to play this song on guitar.
1: Did you see like all the guitar guys? Um, like, Let's Play All, uh, Chorba, um, the other guy's name is escaping me right now. Like, but all Ryan Lent? Yeah, yeah, Ryan Lent. Like, Ryan's going to teach me how to play now. this
2: song. So well, whatever I mean, his version the, is, the, the, I'm going to learn it. The
3: Black it. Circle...
2: Yeah, trivia. you said I mean, I already. Did a cover. It,
3: it, the, of it. the cameras are heavy on the guitar playing. I mean, they they barely show the guys' faces other than Lenny and Nick. I mean, it's it's really focused on where their hands are on the fretboard. So, it
2: was, well, it was, that's where I'm way. going after this. After we're off here, I was, I'm going to watch that because I only got through. The yeah, first we got to have seconds. those guys back on
3: again, by the way. Yeah, we do. Ooh,
2: Sergio gave me some some tidbits, some juicy tidbits, but we'll talk about that offline. Anyways, sure. uh, everybody, thank you for watching. Uh, Rich, thank you for being here. You're welcome, Steph, man. What's thank like you it? as always. Always a Pleasure. Um, Paul's always here, so you know. But thank you to Paul too. <laughs> even, like, even with his, his. I'm just the,
3: the lint in the corner.
2: <laughs> uh, well, uh, we'll with be here with next week. With
3: sunglasses. With sunglasses.
2: <laughs> we'll be here next week, and until we do, you've most thing too.
3: The state of love and trust.